Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's March 12, 2021. You're listening to the best PokerCast on the planet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. Uh, against the better judgment of the FDA, I just took a second drowsy-inducing pharmaceutical pill about 20 minutes ago because the Damn, pollen is just sick. kicking my ass. I don't know if it's it, bothering you, but oh my god, it is killing me. And uh, I just spent the last week, you know, walking neighborhoods. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> so you know, if I fall asleep during one of your stories, well, well, that'd be par for the course anyway. So never mind. <laughs> well really it's it's just my eyes my no everything it's just every year i look forward to spring because you know the trees come back to life and i got things to do out there and but this part i keep forgetting about this part it's just brutal so i took another pill i'm probably gonna fall asleep some point today awesome well probably hopefully in the middle of the show so <laughs> so during one of these drowsy induced uh you know episodes i uh Somehow stumbled upon an old post from Annie up friend Chicago Jason on ChicagoPokerClub.net. And it wasn't one of those, you know, ego boosting, let's Google our own name and see who mentions us thing. It just somehow I found this post. I, I don't remember what I was searching for. Um, and it was almost exactly 10 years ago. It was like 10 years a month ago that he posted this. He, he documented perfectly when Sean D bet me fifty bucks that I couldn't nail the on-air <laughs> intro to the Chad Brown event in Jacksonville. <laughs> oh man! That I nailed it, but where is his money? You know, fifty fifty bucks. Where is it? And so, like, I was thinking with the vig, it's like two grand now, probably. <laughs> All right, I got a question for you. All right, uh, what's your favorite bone? My favorite bone? Yeah, because you're like a dog with a bone with a story, so I want to be sure that I, I get you the proper gift for your next birthday. Oh, come on. It's 10 years. It's a monumental thing. It's a huge milestone in my life. Oh, man. But it's weird, though. I just – if it wasn't like that, if it was like seven years, I would have been just like, ah, oh, look at that. Jason did this. I didn't even know it. But right. it was exactly 10 years. I was just like, holy cow, that's crazy. And the thing was, it was time is flying. That's the thing I was really – it's just unbelievable that it was 10 years ago. You were yelling at me at the stairs of the Orange Park poker room telling me, you better wear pants. <laughs> if you're not wearing pants, we're not going in there. We're professional. And I'm like, I'll wear pants later. You're like, no, you wear pants now. Wow. <laughs> Wants me to change in the car yelling at me. <laughs> so uh, 10 years ago, buddy. We were just kids back then, weren't we? <laughs> Oh, man. And we were terrible at it, too. I mean, how many takes did we have to really do that? That's why he was getting pissed off, because he had to go do, like, the voiceovers for the actual analysis. We were just a host at the time. We weren't 
the commentators and stuff, and he's like, "Come on, guys, get it. We got. I'm exhausted. I've been up since four a.m. You know." I'm like, "Sorry, Sean." And he's like, "If you don't nail it, so that's how we got into it." And I don't think it was actually a bet. I think he just said, "If you nail it, I'll give you fifty bucks." And I nailed it. And he didn't give me fifty bucks, so I'm gonna take that story with me to the grave. I think I got a lot of mileage out of it. The good old days, right? Yeah, yeah. Start to miss those days. We'll see. Uh, we'll see whether we come up with those ideas and the more of the revisit those more of those ideas in the future in our <laughs> later in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. We might have to. <laughs> All right. Uh, there are plenty of unconfirmed reports out there circulating that Caesars Entertainment is planning for a live World Series of Poker this year. After all. And uh, Antioch has a well-placed source that tells us that while nothing is set in stone yet, Caesars is pushing for a July or August start date. And more on this when we know it. We obviously don't like to. Uh, we always like to wait for a confirmation, right? You can you can get rumors everywhere else, but yeah. uh, but this one I feel pretty confident that the the person we are talking to is in the know. So. Thought we'd pass that on for what it's worth. Again, there's nothing really set, so I don't know really what the big deal is right now. But. I'm so glad you reminded me of that too. That we don't go with rumors and stuff because as I was reading that note with you I'm thinking man it's been a long time since we used a well-placed source source <laughs> you know and, and, and mostly because we don't have any yeah well I mean the last time we used it was to take Nixon down in the uh, parking garage <laughs> that's so, right see that you're so quick well, with though. the wit buddy you're so quick <laughs> that, that was not rehearsed at all that's totally you genius <laughs> uh, but no hey I, I'm excited I mean we, we have talked a little bit about the show on whether the series was going to happen this year and, and what format it was going to look like. So obviously we don't know what format it's going to look like, but the fact that it sounds like there's some serious discussions about actually having it live in Vegas is um, encouraging. So Yeah, and it makes sense, too, that they're pushing it a little bit further back just because, you know, the plan for it and you still don't know what the world's going to be like and everything. So they'll still get it done in, by August. So that's, or, you know, September or whatever, that doesn't matter. So. For them. Yeah, and I think we're all encouraged seeing the news reports every day that the uh, vaccine doses are getting more and more available and quicker. So, you know, uh, I think it, it's funny after this whole year of it's been almost an exact year now of yeah. slogging along and things taking a lot longer than we ever expected. Now it seems like things are really uh, warp speeding. <laughs> so hopefully it stays on that trajectory and uh, not only can we get the uh, World Series play, but our World Championship would be nice this year, which we're already having discussions about that, and uh, getting back to the new normal. Right. So, sounds like the uh, yellowtail warbler in the background is happy about this, too. Yes, it, it's a beautiful day here, and uh, I like the birds, so I, I thought it might be nice ambient background noise. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, you're going to be hawking up loogies pretty soon, all <laughs> the pollen making you sneeze outdoors. Can't wait for that snort. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, the World Broker Tour has another interested buyer. Two months after Allied Esports agreed to sell the tour to Element Partners for just more than $78 million, Bally's Corp has made an unsolicited bid to buy the company for $100 million. Man. Cash, stock, or a combination thereof. Allied's board of directors said it will review the offer. Bally's was formerly known as Twin River Worldwide Holdings before buying the Bally's Casinos in Las Vegas and Atlantic City from Caesars Entertainment. And changing the company name to Bally's. So company how do you do that as doesn't casinos nationwide? Does not just tick off Element Partners who just said, "Hey, what's up with that? You agreed I, to to sell us to." I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure they're quite ticked off. I'm also sure the folks at uh, Allied are like, "Hmm, hmm. <laughs> let's take some time and look at this." Good so, thing we left a loophole in this contract that we didn't sign. 
Well, so that's one of the interesting things that we're seeing on the on the reporting on this, um, and, and this came out uh, right after last week's show, and there hasn't been any updates since. So, um, is that uh, the 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 sale to um, Element was supposed to have closed um, end of January, early February? So here we are, still in March. It's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Sometimes these things take longer than than people anticipate, but. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that it, it hasn't closed yet, and now we have this uh, other interested party who, um, at least on the surface, is offering a much better deal, um, certainly will make it interesting in the next uh, however long it takes for folks to evaluate this and, and make a decision. So, But, I mean, I, I, I wonder if it was like, uh, you know, Bally's all of a sudden wakes up and says, oh, no. Did you see that story that Element's going to buy? We were going to do that. We're getting ready to make an offer. Hurry up, make an offer. I mean, it's just weird. It's just weird that you just all of a sudden burst onto the scene and say, "Oh, we got an offer of twenty-two million more here." You yeah, know? yeah. But I, but I think it, it could be exactly what you're talking about. I mean, some of these companies. I mean, they're gaming companies that that are sitting on cash, and then there's uh, gaming companies that are heavily leveraged, right? So, yeah. Um, Bally's is obviously one that is sitting on some cash. So, I mean, I'm sure that their folks are constantly looking for um, the, the right investment opportunities. And, uh, I mean, it, and it very well could have played out exactly like you said. <laughs> like, right. Reading, the, reading a story one day or listening to the Ania podcast and say, hey, that's an interesting product. We didn't know it was for sale, and we can afford to pay more for it. So let's get involved and see whether we can get it. So would not be surprised if that's exactly what happened. So. It's it's wild, too, because when you think that Bally's used to be owned by Caesars, which owned the World Series, like if that one step hadn't happened, you know, but this still happened. Then separation they'd... Kevin Bacon, Chris. <laughs> uh, that'd be something, though. It's like uh, break up Ma Bell, you know, you got to. You can't have one company own all the tours, you know. <laughs> but very good, very interesting. Just uh, an interesting way to do business. We'll see. Definitely keep our eye out to see how this resolves. Maybe uh, since they, if they get screwed, maybe Element will buy the magazine instead. There we go. Say, hey, buy any of the company. Uh. <laughs> we'll, we'll take well less than $78 million. I'll be glad to be the runner-up in that story. <laughs> All right, here's this week's update on casinos and poker room reopenings in Michigan. Motor City Casino Hotel has reopened its Not accounting for the recent temporary closings, we now have 221 reopened poker rooms in the United States. And remember to go to antiupmagazine.com slash reopen uh, for details on all the ones that are open. And email us at editor at antiupmagazine.com as you hear of other ones opening or closing. And uh, be sure you can also get that e-blast that we send out every Thursday coming out here probably an hour from now. So. All right, very good. Any updates? Papes, the Antiup fans free online tournament series on PokerStars Play Money site is available everywhere. Details how to join can be found at bit.ly slash PAIPS. Games are the 6th, 16th, and 26th every month and rotate disciplines of the main tournament followed by a second chance event. PokerStars lets you claim 15,000 free chips every four hours. Join the Antiup fans group Facebook page and post within the group to get feedback on hands. Ask call the floor questions or just discuss anything poker. Check out our 11 vintage Antiup logo designs on merchandise at antiupmagazine.com slash shop to buy t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and much more with your choice of Antiup Magazine, Antiup Poker Cast, or Antiup Poker Tour logos. If you have a hand of the week, listener spotlight, or call the floor submission, email us at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or post an Antiup fans group on Facebook. 
Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us, and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week, we send them something cool. This is Matt Shellhart. He says, show idea. What if you pulled headlines from 20 or even 10 or even 5 years ago about poker from time to time and could just laugh and remember how much different or exactly the same poker used to be or still is? A tech show I listen to even does it as a uh, as a pretending like they are back then, so they make comments like, Moneymaker, seriously, that is his name? And uh, I bet in 5 years no one will be playing live poker. Online poker is just so big, what could even stop it? Uh, but if you don't want to do those theatrics, even revisiting those topics would be fun. I figure the audience for Annie Up tends toward the, uh, the been in and around poker for a while and even enjoys nostalgia. In uh, some weeks, there just there's just not much going on, especially lately. It's interesting yeah. when he said 20 years ago, I thought, there are yeah. no poker headlines from 20 years ago, I don't think, yet. Uh, That'd be yeah, 01. I mean, that's, that's right before Moneymaker was about 03, yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, so. We'll see. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I would agree with him on the last point. If you guys every week look forward to hearing a couple 50-year-olds talk about poker, you definitely enjoy nostalgia. So. <laughs> no question about that whatsoever, right? So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, what headlines would we – I think he spoiled them all in his spotlight. So <laughs> yeah, like, there's not much left. <laughs> Um, you know, if we had a, a, a good way of finding those, uh, and maybe there is an easy way to them, just not thinking. Uh, it, it's intriguing. I mean, I always like the, uh, the little newspaper uh, feature every day on this day in history, right? And you think yeah. back to yeah. what it was. Um, but, uh, but, but acting like it, it's brand new, I think that's a neat little uh, twist to this whole thing as well, too. That would so. be funny. I don't know. If we could find a way to, to find some good headlines that uh, that made sense, that uh, I, I'm down with it, uh, particularly because we're getting harder and harder to find content. <laughs> <laughs> the sports section, when we used to, I used to work for the sports department, the, uh, the AP used to always move that, you know, this date. And it was so easy back then because anything significant happened. They literally had like a intern or a clerk that was required to record it in that file for them. You know, and then mm-hmm. they send it out every day. And then you keep doing it year after year. And then eventually you have, you know, thousands and thousands of entries but right. for us i don't think there is some you know like a sports bureau out there saying on this day you know <laughs> right. johnny chan was bluffed by mike mcdermott so i don't know but uh it that is definitely a, a very interesting and funny idea we could have a lot of fun with it if we had time to plan it certainly would so very right. cool we'll see what we come up with though we have a new o'malley's move today here it comes And welcome to another O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This is the second episode of that eight-handed session of a $1, $2 No Limit Hold'em Casino cash game. The blinds post, and the villain, who has asked for the seat change, finds himself in the under-the-gun position with a stack of two seventy-five. This time, he makes a raise of $8. It's folded around to us on the button, and we've got a sizable chunk of our losses back. We have 325, still down 75 on the night, and we're hungry for some revenge. Perhaps that clouds our judgment as we look down at the 10 of spades, 7 of spades. I don't want to simply call here and see a flop. I'd rather discourage any more players coming in and hopefully take this pot right away. I think this is a razor fold scenario, and we select the former. We make it $25 to go. 
The blinds do fold, but the under-the-gun calls with little thought. The pot is around $50, and the flop is rather favorable. The nine of clubs, eight of spades, tray of spades comes down. The under-the-gun checks, and we make a $30 bet into the pot. We have a lot of equity here, so we really won't mind if he comes along. The under-the-gun hesitates this time, but then calls. The pot is $110, and we love the sight of the turn. The six of clubs comes down, giving us the nuts. Our opponent once again checks. This does bring a second flush draw on the board. If he had a flush draw on the flop, I think he would have bet out. I also think he would have bet with something like jack-10 of clubs. If this is another set, we've got him, for now. We bet $70. We want to get value for our hand, but we also want to make it so that any draws would be making a mistake if they call. Our opponent calls quickly. There's now 250 in the pot, and the river is the 10 of hearts. Our opponent once again shoves, this time for 175. So, it's 175 to win 425. If we call and lose, we're down to $50. A win puts us in the positive for the night. What's the move? It's time for the VancePokerTraining.com Hand of the Week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. And uh, Chris Mann is our victim this week and next week. Chris, he sent two hands in. So nice. uh, he says, I'm a longtime listener of the show. I love the O'Malley's moves and hand of the week. And I had my own situation come out recently. I thought I would submit to you. So uh, we'll do the first one this week and then the next one next week. And just as I did with the last couple ones, uh, I have not read these. So we're, oh, no. we're putting a lot of faith in Chris here that uh, they are uh, – Chris, the – the hero, not, D- not you, Chris. Yeah, well, just just a caveat. I'm starting to fall asleep, so get to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he's playing one, two, no limit. Uh, hold him online. It's six-handed. Hmm. Um, we are sitting at 250 Skittles up from our 200 starting stack. And it folds to us on the button with Ace of Diamonds, Jack of Diamonds. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, when you're online, I never really know what the standard raise is. It's so funny when you're playing the micro limits, they'll make it like 10x, you know. Yep. But I don't know what – I can't remember what they do at 1-2, the legitimate. They probably yeah, make one, it 6. Yeah, 1-2 online, that's a big game, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know <laughs> if they make it 6 and that's enough or if they're going like 15 or, you know, like we're on the cruise ship and they're making it 15 to 25 or, you know, who knows. Um, so I guess whatever the standard raise would be is what I would make. So if it's anywhere between 6 and 10 or 12, I would do whatever it is that's standard. Absolutely. you got to do the standard again as we keep preaching on the show. If your preflop action is exactly the same from the exact same position with with every hand that you enter a pot with, uh, you leave your opponents with nothing to uh, – no no information, right? Right. So, uh, so this, is, this is a very easy standard raise uh, situation, uh, particularly because one, we're on the button. We're going to raise with a very large range of hands anyhow. Yeah. This is a pretty good one uh, for the button. Um, and, uh, obviously cause it's, uh, two broadways and suited and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, so six handed, like you said, a, a nope. powerful hand. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Our hero does make the standard raise, which is $5, huh. uh, small blind folds, but the big blind takes a few seconds and raises to 17 and he is sitting with just more than 200 Skittles. Hmm. Well, 
see, this is the problem, is we don't really know if this guy had been bullied all day and he's tired of it, he thinks the big blind, I mean, the, uh, the button is just making this move to steal the blinds. Does he have a legitimate hand? Has he ever done this before? And when he's done it before, did he have a legitimate hand? You know, that kind of thing. So it's tough to just coldly say, you know, call and see the flop or re-raise because he just thinks we're doing that on fourth, five, fifth level thinking, whatever crap. So uh, generally when that happens, I probably just call. But if I'm feeling especially, I don't know, you know, bold or whatever, you know, I might raise again because I think he's just raising. He thinks I was just raising to take his blind. So I might make it 50 or 60 to go here. You know, I don't know. And if the guy shoves, then I'm, I screwed up. And if he doesn't, then I've taken down an extra 17 and, you know, established my dominance at the table. So I'm not really sure what to do here, but I probably would just call. Yeah, six-handed is, a, uh, as we all know, a completely different game than nine- or ten-handed, yeah, right? Yeah. So. So you got a couple things going on here. I mean, a, um, uh, a raise from the big blind is always strong, I, no matter what the situation, I think. Um, but the fact that we are on the button and a raise to us, I mean, a lot of blinds not only like to defend there, but also like to push back at you. So there is a case to be made that um, where he might think we're just trying to steal the blinds, uh, he wants to let us know that he thinks we're stealing the blinds, and, and we're not stealing the blinds here. I mean, we would have been happy stealing the blinds, but we have a legitimate hand here. So, yeah. so yeah. So I think that uh, definitely not folding. Folding is off the table here. So it's just a matter of what what our strategy is for the hand, whether we want to call here or play back at him and and say, hey, you thought I was stealing? I'm not stealing. So you better have a decent hand there in that big blind. Yep. Um, uh, since we have a lot of potential to win this hand other ways, I, I guess I would default to the call here without having any history on the player and uh, because we're going to be in position the inner time. So they, we, we still retain a lot of power by calling. And uh, if we raise and get re-raised, what do we do at that point, right? I don't think we call that next raise, right? Yeah, no. So that, that's the only danger in that. I mean, that's the danger in raising that would make me just think that let's hold on to our, our position power here and uh, with a decent hand and uh, – See how it plays out. So I'm going to call. Okay. All right. Our hero says, I think for a few seconds and make the call with a decent hand and position. All right. So all on the same page so far. So far. Oh, that's not good because you send it in the hand. Then we're all making yeah. mistakes, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all getting it right. I, I'm, I'm going to be the glass half. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right. 35 bucks in the pot. And the flop is the five of clubs, ace of hearts, seven of spades, and the big blind checks. Okay. Well, I like this. I like the check. If it hit him right in the head with the deck, he'd have been probably betting because he had taken control of the hand. It feels like he's not really sure what to do now. That's why he checked. I don't think this is one of those check-raise moments. We have the aces. It's not like he has a set of aces. I don't think he would have raised with 7-7 seven, seven, or 5-5, five, five, re-raise, I mean. So I feel like this is good for us, and we need to bet. I, I feel like... In case he was making some sort of move, I don't want to give him the price to just hit some, you know, random two-card hand or something. So um, I would bet probably two-thirds the pot. So it was in the pot 35. So I would probably bet like 25-ish, something like that. I could go a couple different ways here. I, I, I think that that bet, if we're going to bet, that's the perfect bet size. And I think you made very compelling points why we should bet. 
it is odd that he's going to re-raise the button and then check here. Um, and uh, the, the trap hands don't make any sense here, as you mentioned. So um, the other side is I, I could see myself checking behind to, to induce him to come back alive on the turn in the river. Obviously, the risk in that is, as you pointed out, he, he'd be sitting there with pocket kings and we give him a chance to hit his two-outer. That's going to suck, right? Yeah. So, um, again, I guess it just depends on my history with this player and what I think he's doing. I mean, he's already shown he's a pretty bold player by raising from the big blind and then sticking around here. So, I'm going to give him some credit for some moxie. Um, so, I uh, don't really know right now. I, I, I think in the heat of the moment, I would call here, but uh, but a bet is probably the stronger play. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that if we just check behind, you know, I don't know. I feel like we're... Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe if we if we don't check, if we do bet, then we're sort of putting our hand face up. I don't know, but it could look like we're just trying to steal it, and then he'll come over the top and then know we have a real good hand and we get some more money out of him. I don't know. Um, I just don't like – it's awful fishy that he checked, but it doesn't feel like it's fishy that he hit a set. It just feels like he didn't hit his hand or didn't think that we were going to call. And so now that the flops come, he's backing out, and so we're going to take control of his hand and not let him get to a turn for free. And there's a case to be made, too, that our check behind looks just as fishy, right? Yeah. So why, why would you, in a six-handed, when you you raise pre-flop, call this big raise, and then the big blind kind of waves the white flag? Why why would you not yeah. bet, right? Yeah. So, um, so if, if our intention on checking here is to, as I mentioned, induce a, a bluff on the turn river, that might not happen yeah. because of that. So yeah. probably best to get that money in and, and see what happens, so. All right, our hero bets half the pot, $18, and the big blind calls fairly quickly. Uh, the turn is the jack of clubs, so the board is uh, five of clubs, ace of hearts, seven of spades, jack of clubs, and the big blind checks again. Please, Scott, he bet 18 skittles. Sorry. All right. Sorry. We don't want anybody to get in right. trouble here. <laughs> uh, let's see, the big blind checks again. Well, we hit top two. There's no more ruse going on. We're not going to get... You know what I mean? I am certainly not checking. And a quick call, if we go to our ABC handbook, let's see here, page 36, <laughs> says, a quick call, my fellow rounder, means that he might be on a draw. So what draw could it be? There are clubs out. He could have something like 6'8 or 6'4 because he was making a move. You don't know. Could have two Broadway cards, but why would he have called our bet if he had a gutter? So... Yeah, it it could be that he has uh six six eight maybe. I, uh, yeah, maybe that's he has pretty bold raise from the big blind. He does, but again, six handed yeah, people do yeah. different things. So, like I said, he might have thought we were stealing, so he just raised any two cards. But then he hit the draw and he checked to see what we would bet for that draw, and now he's called it. Now he's happy to call it, you know. So we need to. And then again, now there's clubs. So in case he had like four or six of clubs, you know, or something, now he's got four clubs. So but I think we got to bet pretty heavily here. I, I don't, I don't want to give this player a chance to suck out on us when, I mean, I'm happy with the top two. And I know we always play in fear. And I think probably professionals listening to this would just laugh at us and say, guys, you got top two, chill out, you know, make a, make a value bet here or something. But I don't know. I, I don't mind betting another half the pot, two-thirds of the pot again, at least. Yeah. I'm much more emboldened. Uh, this is a much easier bet for me now because we got top top two. 
Um, but it doesn't seem to make any sense of another hand that he has that has his beat unless he just uh, locked in, locked into that set of jacks. But that's the same same argument we say for not having a set of aces, right? Because right? yeah. we already have one and there's one on the board, so you'd have to have the other two, right? Yeah. So uh, at this point, nothing just nothing seems possible here that that probable that makes sense to me. So uh, we've got a we've got a good hand. I'm going to keep betting it. So okay. all right. Uh, here it says, with two pair and a possible backdoor club flushed off my opponent, I decided to bet pot, which is $70, leaving me about 140 behind. Uh, with a pre-flop, three-bet, and check call on the flop, I put my opponent on king, king, queen, queen, ace, king, or ace, queen suited at this point. I roll out small pairs as they would have folded my slightly bigger flop bet, and a set of sixes or sevens would most likely lead the turn. I bet the pot because if it's a naked ace suited with clubs, I want to get max value from the draw. If it is a big pocket pair, I'm happy to take it down the pot at this point. Yeah, the the thing good about point. oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No good. Well, I was just gonna say no. I I forgot I I forgot we don't know what the guy does. So um, I I the king king queen queen to me makes sense. The ace king ace queen doesn't. He would definitely follow up with the bet after taking control of the hand. So and like he I agree with him with the sixes and sevens that or fives. Six and seven, yeah. you said, but I think it's fives and seven. So, um, I don't, I don't think that he, he bet. I don't think he has a set. I don't know if he would have bet the turn, but I, I don't think he. I don't know. If, yeah, maybe he does because he would check and then called because he hit it so hard. But in this case, I feel like he's right. I think it's a draw, and we need to bet big. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So the big blind goes into a tank a little bit and calls. Hmm. Wow, that's crazy. So he calls the, a pot size bet. Man, he must have a monster draw, or he really does have one of those impossible hands like Ace Ace or Jack Jack. Yeah, I think at this point for a draw, he had to luck into a club draw, right? I mean, I just it just doesn't seem like it makes anything else out there. I mean, I guess huh. he could have Broadway draw as well too, but that uh, no, none of that stuff makes sense to me. So I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Well, that's a big call there. I mean, it, it doesn't doesn't bode well for us if that's. You know what I mean? If somebody to make that call has to have us beat or a monster draw, like you said, it's got to be six, eight of clubs, four, six of clubs, set of aces, maybe a set of jacks, although I don't think he would have stuck around after that flop if we had bet that flop and he checked to us and was afraid of the ace. I think he might have just threw him away. So, yeah, it's set of aces, six, eight of clubs, four, six of clubs, something like that. That's what it feels like. So now I'm nervous. All right, um, our, uh, here, I uh, see the river is the nine of spades now, so the final board is five of clubs, ace of hearts, seven of spades, jack of clubs, nine of spades, and the big blind now takes about ten seconds and shoves. <sighs> and again, I think uh, we had him covered, is that right? We were at 250 and he had 200, yes. So. Uh, so, if one of the scenarios we were talking about was true, that he had six, eight of clubs... Man, yeah, he's made it straight, and it's not that it's not possible. I mean, you're in the small, you're in the big blind. You are tired of people stealing your blinds. It gets to the button, the button raises automatically. You look down at a suited six eight or yeah six eight, and then you say, you know what, screw it. I'm I don't care what my cards are. I'm just tired. I want to play back at these guys. You make it seventeen. The guy calls you like, uh, you hit your draw. But you know he has an ace, so he's probably going to raise you if you bet out. So you say, I'm going to check and call his piddly bet and then hope I hit the turn. And then he doesn't. We check that we bet. 
it's a fairly decent bet, but it's not big enough. It's not two-thirds the pot. So the guy's like, oh, I can call 18. Calls yeah. 18, and then the turn comes, and it's worthless. But if he has two clubs, so if he has six, eight of clubs, now he's picked up this massive draw, and you'd made it pretty cheap for him to get there. Now he's made it straight, and he thinks that you have a set of aces, or you might have ace-jack or something like that, and you might call some huge bet so he shoves on you to make you think why so much and then you yep. so i mean those are the things that go through my head here um if he had ace king or something like that he would have bet the flop so it's not that if he had ace queen he would have bet the flop so it's not that if he had king king or queen queen he doesn't have anything now he's not doing that you know and the only thing is a pure bluff which is what he hopes you think it is because you know he wants you to call and then he's got the nuts so this is this is terrible. I, I don't know if I can... I mean, I know a lot of people say don't go broke unless you have at least two pair. You know what I mean? But And top two in this case. But I just don't know if I can make this call. Probably because it's it's hand of the week and we're always shell-shocked. But um, I don't know. I always like to say maybe at the table in the moment I'm making this call because I'm looking at top two and I'm just not putting them on 6-8. But because we always look at these hands with a you know much more hindsight eye that it's a lot easier for us to see six eight now or well six six eight so um knowing hand of the week i'm folding but in the moment i might end up calling this which sucks yeah i'm gonna have a tough time not calling this i mean uh, you laid out a really good case about how that six eight gets there and i would not be surprised to see it but uh it just seems difficult i think there's also a a real good case to be made that if this guy was drawing for clubs which is a possibility which is what we kind of thought he was right Mm -hmm. um the only way he's going to win this hand is by betting us off of it right so if he feels like we're not as strong as we think we are or that card we try to put together that scenario that you just thought and he could push us off that is his way of winning this pop which is pretty decent at this point right so um so yeah i I would i think there's an equal chance of a six eight um and a stone cold bluff here so um you know at this point if we don't have any information on this guy i'm willing to um you know invest some money to, to get that that information so unless he has a set of aces i am willing to bet that it has to be the eight six of clubs because of that 70 dollar call yep. there, i can't imagine any hand calling 70 bucks there Unless he's really insane and thinking, I'm going to call here and then just shove, and it's a massive bluff like a Stu Unger type thing. But I, I just don't see it. So if if we lose this hand, it's got to be six eight of clubs. It can't just be six eight. I like how you think. So right. let's see what happens. Mario um, says I pause for a moment to make sure the flush wasn't there, and I call expecting to see Ace King. The pot moves to the opponent, and the next hand is almost started as I'm stunned in disbelief. Before I catch the last moment, the big blind had the eight of clubs and six of clubs <laughs> for the five, wow. six, seven, eight, nine straight. He was open in and on the flop, and the turn flush draw and hit the river. Wow. It's like, as I know you guys like quoting movies, I felt like Mike McDermott in his hand, as all I was thinking about is Vegas and the Mirage. Should I have seen this on the turn call, or maybe overbet more on the turn, or forebet the flop? I thought I played this right, but maybe I, I missed something. I just. Don't ever see folding the river the way this played out. Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work on the best poker podcast. Well, again, 
obviously we had a lot of time to analyze yes, this yes. and that's what we came up with the 6a and the 6a to club specifically as chris mentioned so i i can't imagine anybody's going to do that uh, kind of analysis in an online hand when you have very limited time to make those decisions so uh this, this is not one where i'd be knocking myself um beat myself up over no and it's online you know and, and when i say that i don't mean you know massive hands come i'm saying that you just don't know how these people are going to play and you can't see them. You can't see their mannerisms. You're playing shorthanded, you know, and the guy just looked into three situations in a row that are perfectly aligned for him to make this hand. And that's why the hand gets sent to us a lot of times too, is because it's just so remarkable to you that this could happen. And that's the thing about poker and why we always say it depends and takes a lifetime to master because you never will, because things like this always seem to happen at the perfect moment for you to lose your stack or most of your stack and it's terrible um and of course you don't want to quote the mcdermott line about the mirage anymore because that bad boy's closed <laughs> down too uh it'd be great if you got in the cab and flew to vegas and went to the mirage and was like wait a minute what, where, where, where the poker room go <laughs> it'd be like just like that six eight of clubs i got blindsided again damn it <laughs> So I'm looking forward to next week's hand. I'm hoping that it's a continuation that he sort of built his stack back up or something, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. Again, like I said, I haven't read it, so it'll be a big surprise next week for all of us. Cool, cool. All right, I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the table. Anti-Up is a production of antiupmagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.